Welcome to Controversy Over Coffee with your hosts, Matt and Amanda. Listen in as we sit down and dive into some of the most compelling and bingeable things we've been watching and listening to. Grab a cup of coffee, relax, and enjoy. It was a few weeks back, we, me and Amanda watched a lot of movies together, and we were like, maybe we should kind of string this into something, uh, make this like a fun game that will lead to a good insight. So we started watching movies. Uh, we started with Nightcrawler, and then we were like, what's a common thread we can build on here? And it was Jake Gyllenhaal. So we binged Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> movies, and we're here to talk about it today. I think we were mostly just kind of mesmerized by how he's always this mysterious, like, kind of like creepy, like what's going on in that guy's head character, like when we watched Nightcrawler. And then we were thinking back to like kind of Zodiac and stuff. And he always plays this, like, he's a very good, like detective role, which led us to our next movie, The Prisoners. Yeah. He's like, he's like the perfect, like detective. But then if he's not the detective, he's this weirdo who becomes a detective, like a vigilante. Right. Maybe I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Like, let's go back to Nightcrawlers because I like that that kind of vigilante thing because zodiac which is not one of the ones we watched recently but we've seen it he's the journalist or something that gets totally into this whole zodiac mystery and basically is taking on like a detective role and that's a little bit what happens in nightcrawler he do you want to give a lowdown on what that movie's about yeah so for those who haven't seen it nightcrawler is about jake gyllenhaal who plays this guy um what was his name? Louis Bloom. I Lou think. Bloom. Lou. And Lou Bloom um, was this weirdo kind of guy who was stealing stuff in, in L.A., um, kind of doing odd jobs to earn money and couldn't really find like a solid career path that, and times were tough and, and the economy was down. Um, but he ended up stumbling upon a car accident one day where you saw a film crew arrive at the scene and film the, the car crash up close and realized that he could do the same by buying a police scanner and a video camera and going to crime scenes, getting up close video and then selling it to the news stations for a few hundred bucks. And if he just did that every day, he'd have a solid career. But obviously things led a little astray when he started making money off getting into the crimes and right up close to the point where he was like desperate to make the cash, like would kind of set up the crime scene before the police could get there to get the right shot, which was pretty shocking and a little gruesome sometimes. Yeah, he's dragging dead bodies from car accidents into the in front of the headlights so he could get the shot. And then he's arriving to gruesome crime scenes before the police get there to film the, the victims and then leaving before they get there tampering with evidence along the way just to get the the gruesome bloody shot to sell to the headline news for a few grand the thing that i thought was crazy about that movie like how that we were talking about like that does happen like news crews like you'll see like breaking news footage of this crime or robbery or whatever and there's a clip like pretty like close up like in the action and i wonder to what point if like that actually happens if there's people out there that are literally night crawlers like going around looking for crime to like sell to the news oh yeah 
that's definitely a thing. But I feel like there must be more regulations and rules about what they can actually do. Because this guy was like, they're trying to do CPR on some guy in the movie and he's like in their face. I'm like, there's no way that happens in real life. Yeah, no, we talked about it a little bit, but we think the people in real life have a little bit better etiquette yeah. than Jake Hall <laughs> when someone's dying. Right, probably some more morals and professionalism than him. But I thought that, I mean, oh, also, warning listeners, some spoilers in this <laughs> review of Jake Hall movies. But I thought it was like pretty crazy. He just like got away with all of that. Yeah, he screwed over his close confidant, his... Uh, his right hand man his assistant who he hired for like 10 bucks an hour to this high school kid to drive around with him and basically park the car when he's getting out and taking the video and then he basically leads that guy to his death because he started to question his loyalty at the end and he wanted the shot because and he wanted the shot of his own it was more drama this video production person is in the crime scene that they showed up to and he totally it, it was kind of shocking. I didn't, I didn't think he did, but then the guy was like, you saw what was going to happen to me. Like, and he was like, Oh yeah. Like he needed the shot. It was <laughs> a little, a little cold. Yeah. A little eerie, but I guess I can bring up, that was Nightcrawler. I would, would you recommend what's your rating? Uh, eight out of 10. Highly recommend. Really good. Yeah, we gave a lot of details, but there's a lot more to see in that movie. It was pretty good. That was one of the... We watched a lot of Jake Gyllenhaal, but that was up there. Yeah. What was, what was the next one we watched? Um, The next one we watched was Prisoners, which was the one with Hugh Jackman. And um, Jake Gyllenhaal was Detective Loki, which I thought was funny because I just finished binging all the Marvel movies and Loki, if any of our listeners... You don't know, <laughs> but he was a detective in this one. So similar, similar role, but more formal detective in a small town. Um, what happened again? Yeah. He was like this kind of badass, rough around the edges detective with, uh, tattoos that was working for kind of the local police department in a suburb of, um, maybe Pittsburgh or a Midwestern city. And then, um, this, these two families get together kind of around Thanksgiving and their mm-hmm. two daughters go missing. Um, and it's kind of a hunt from there to, to see where the daughters went. So the, the, the parents, the dads of the two daughters kind of take on this detective role and Jake Gyllenhaal's kind of, uh, the official detectives who's trying to rein them in. Um, the dads are acting crazy and as you would trying to hunt down your daughter, um, kind of doing everything in, in their path to get their daughter back yeah i would say like almost the lead character in that movie was more hugh jackman as the dad like doing this whole kind of yeah almost like that movie taken like taking Mm -hmm. on the role as the dad to like do whatever you can like go the law enforcement's not doing enough like going the extra like length like kind of cutting through the red tape but jake Hall's character definitely did play a really interesting role of I think I read something after how the movie was called Prisoners and he they said in the movie he had never lost a case like he had always solved the crime or convicted someone and and it was kind of like he was a prisoner in this like perfection and so he throughout the movie he got like progressively and progressively more kind of like 
antsy about finding these girls and like solving this case for these people because he needed to be perfect and you know yeah he was highly bought in to solving a case and he was a total badass um i think this one was up there in the jake Hall badass scale he was a he was a beast um i know i think he was the character that like he wished he was in zodiac yeah. <laughs> the head detective on the case yeah exactly um but then the movie just has the biggest twist ending ever and it's like the last person you expect to have taken the kids because there's kind of this suspect they had thought of all along but mm-hmm. it ends up not being that person and being like the most innocent person was the the person who kidnapped the the kids i know i'm like spoilers but <laughs> it was interesting and the, the end is another reason why i like this movie because it really left it like open to interpretation a little bit like are they gonna find the people or not like it was definitely one of those movies that you need to google and be like ending explained and go down this extreme rabbit hole of things you know yeah it was a good movie what would you rate that one that one might be one of my favorites we watched but i maybe it's because it was so early on they were all good i know they were all good i would i would give it like like I'm that maybe this is a little cheap, but like an eight out of ten. Like I would watch it. I would watch it again. I wouldn't like recommend it to people to watch. Yeah, I'd say six and out of ten. It was a little. Ooh. It was a little dark, but I liked it. Well, they're all pretty dark. I know. <laughs> maybe you just don't like dark movies that much. They're all dark. That's true. But yeah, six out of ten. I'm gonna stick with that. Okay. Well. The next one that we didn't watch together, but I'll go in like chronological order, because after like those two, I like went home and basically went on a rampage, <laughs> and I watched Nocturnal Animals next, which was probably like the creepiest of them all, but it was interesting because the main character was Amy Adams, who was like a artist owned an art gallery she was in like a terrible relationship like kind of depressed like whatever and so her ex-husband from like 12 years ago who she hadn't talked spoken to in 12 years sent her a manuscript of his new novel and so presumably her ex-husband is Jake Hall because through flashbacks you see Jake Hall and her in their early marriage days. So it's talking about that. But then while it's showing these flashbacks of how great her life used to be, it's also her reading this manuscript. And (laughs) this might get a little confusing. But and (laughs) the manuscript, so then you see images of her imagining the story. Like when you're reading a book, you picture the story in your mind. And Jake Gyllenhaal is also the main character in that story. And so, so Jake Gyllenhaal plays like two roles in this movie in flashbacks of like her ex-husband and then also the, the main character in her ex-husband's manuscript. And so she's having, if you're following. Yeah, I'm following. And so you're supposed to as like a, a view, viewer or whatever of the movie get this idea that the manuscript is based on their relationship, like something that went down and it's about their car getting like hijacked and 
this whole murder goes down and the Jake Gyllenhaal is the husband trying to find his wife and daughter who were in the car. It's wild. It's another like just Jake Gyllenhaal trying to find people. Oh, it's oh, it's another it's another like goose chase or whatever. Like it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Being a detective basically again, him in a very like not well state trying to find people and solve a crime. But it's another. I think we're landing on a common theme here. <laughs> I know, and but it's another like pretty like gruesome movie. I must admit to anyone who I'm recommending this to. But it was really it's. I think like a common thing about all these movies are they're kind of creepy and a little hard to watch, but also you cannot take your eyes off the screen from like the second it starts. Like you're like bought in. I love it. I know. I that's like my favorite type of movies. So what was the like resolution of the main point. Well, the resolution actually it wasn't really a great ending for Amy Adams. I think she tried to like reconnect with her ex-husband after she finished the book and stuff to maybe um, like reconnect or um, apologize about everything that happened between them. And I think they were supposed to go to dinner. And he that just, was Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal is her ex-husband. And he just never shows up. And the movie ends with her just, like, leaving with the check after sitting there. It's another weird ending where you don't, like, you see this whole thing of their flashbacks in the book. And you're, like, so entranced by their story. And she, at the end, like, maybe she's getting her life together. Maybe she's going to reconnect with him. And then he just never shows up. Rating. Rating. Maybe a seven. Seven, because it was confusing and really kind of like terrifying the book manuscript thing and not as good as the other ones i think but still still up there like i i would recommend it i'd recommend all these i'm being a little tough they're being not tough i don't recommending them all (laughs) maybe i'm like i consider anything like like eight and below like mean (laughs) you're setting your bar very low (laughs) No, I think I like said it too high. Like I want to give everything. What does that a t- say about me? I want. <laughs> I want to give like everything a ten. <laughs> like I feel like I'm being rude to the to Jake Gyllenhaal. Like if you're listening to this, like they're all tens. <laughs> pay your respect. <laughs> I pay my respects. Um. Oh gosh, what was the next one? Is it Donnie Darko? Donnie Darko. Oh God, how do we even get into that movie? If you haven't seen this one. Good luck trying to... <laughs> Stop what you're doing right now. <laughs> Go watch it, because it is so worth it. Um, that was basically what my roommate said to me. I told her about our Jake Gyllenhaal spree, and she said, have you watched Donnie Darko? Like, basically asking me if I knew who Michael Jackson was, and I was like, no. And she's like, oh my god, it's a cult classic. You have to see it, like, watch it tonight. And she asked me, like, two days in a row, like, have you watched it yet? Have you watched it I'm like, okay, we got it. Yeah. It's a total cult classic. It's it, it's very good, but it's like the strangest thing you'll ever see. So basically, Jake Gyllenhaal is a teenager. I think it was like his first big movie. I saw something like someone online was saying this was like a big risk for him because he was just starting out as this kind of, you know, the cute boy next door movies. And then Donnie Darko is just weird concept. Yeah. He's like a teenager in high school. Um, living in a suburban setting with a sister and two parents. And the sister is actually his sister 
in the movie in Ma- real life in real life maggie gyllenhaal i did not know that a cool <laughs> touch um but yeah he's like he's this high school kid and he's basically having these like visions where this bunny in like a large rabbit suit it's basically a human wearing a large rabbit costume that's the creepiest bit, very rabbit scary suit you've ever seen in your life <laughs> is telling him to do horrible things it's like the the rabbits appearing in his dreams and and telling him to like cut the water main to his high school and like go burn down this guy's house and like vandalize the vandalize the high school you know and graffiti and everything yeah it's 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 it progressively got worse it's leading him astray but the first time he sees the bunny they're the bunny's like 28 days until the end of the world ends the end of the world and Jake Gyllenhaal also has a therapist and he's telling his therapist all this and she's like you are just nuts like yeah. you are schizophrenic yeah she I think she did diagnose him as like a what is it paranoid schizophrenic or something because he had Frank the bunny he kept I thought that was an interesting touch that these weird things were going on but he had no reservations from telling his therapist every single thing that happened. Like he was telling her like the bad stuff he was doing, and I guess that's rules of therapy. I don't know that they can't. Yeah, they can't tell on you, snitch or anything. Right, but the there was also this side narrative of like he's trying to figure out why the world's gonna end on this day, like Halloween, and he's also trying to figure out there's a side narrative of time travel and he's trying to figure out time travel and is it possible the whole time and then halloween comes and it turns out his friend was the guy dressed in a bunny suit who he who kills his girlfriend and then he shoots the guy in the bunny suit but then he <laughs> <laughs> following <laughs> yeah are you following <laughs> so i sound like <laughs> you sound like donnie dark <laughs> yeah um but then yeah there, there might just be nowhere to explain no this. it's just weird because basically like this bunny keeps coming to him in his sleep then all of a sudden in the day in this weird like like the fourth dimension thing and so he's trying to figure out time travel and everything and then at the end it all comes to a head it's the the countdown's over the end of the world and this whole thing happens where the bunny guy shows up but he's like a normal kid at like a high school halloween party so we're like wait a second what's going on and all this goes down there's a murder and then all of a sudden like time glitches and it goes back to like 28 days earlier and it all starts over and donnie darko is able to like fix his mistakes and avoid the murder avoid all the bad things yeah like a hole opens up in the sky um (laughs) literally and and then he it's kind of like he saw all the pain he created over these 28 days and then decided to basically take his own life um to spare the other people that he was going to lead to their death right so it, it's like a circular narrative it it ends exactly where it starts and but it, and he, you don't know like which path is real which path didn't happen yeah no actually i won't go too deep into this because i couldn't even do it without losing my mind but i looked into it more because i was like what the heck just happened 
And I guess the directors of the movie released this whole director's cut years later and like pages of this book about time travel that kind of explained the movie more as these different like universes and stuff. But that's besides the point because I didn't even understand that, but I still really enjoyed this movie because it had this 80s, 90s classic vibe, like great music all i loved it because of it gave such like a 90s vibe right yeah it was like breakfast club gone Mm -hmm. wild (laughs) wild (laughs) gone weird yeah gone weird um (laughs) yeah no i would highly recommend um but your brain's gonna be mashed potatoes afterwards and (laughs) and you're gonna be spinning cycles on this no (laughs) you you'll won't understand it and if you do please send us a dm or something so we can bring you on and we'll have a re-recap on yeah movie. i was talking to one of my buddies about this movie and they they said they looked up the what the directors were intending and he said that the directors just said yeah basically we just didn't have an we, intention we made it up <laughs> like there was no intention there was no like intended ending so it's up in the air yeah it's i think if anything it's a cult classic that you have to watch i'd rate it like Honestly, this might be one of my lower ratings, like 6 out of 10, only because I did not understand it. But I I give it high points for, like, the style and, like, the thought provo- provocation and stuff. Sure. Yeah, I think I'll go 8 out of 10. I actually looked at a Jake Gyllenhaal, like, ranking of, of movie list before this. And this you're, bi- one, you're biased. Well, this one was number one. <laughs> Well, now you're biased. I'm not biased. I'm doing my own opinions, but I'm taking it. I'm just mentioning that. You're taking it into account. (laughs) I'm not taking it into account. I'm just mentioning it. Eight out of ten. Okay. We'll take it. Okay, let's think. I had one more that I watched on my own. Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, so this is a classic that I have not seen, but I want to watch it. I would also recommend it as I knew it was a classic Heard of this movie a million times, but I had no clue the story. All I knew was Jake Gyllenhaal's Heath Ledger in this movie about a mountain. <laughs> but basically, it ended up being like a really, really captivating and really kind of sad love story between Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger as kind of cowboy rodeo guys back in the day, I think in Wyoming and Texas that kind of formed this relationship when they were herding cattle together out on Brokeback Mountain. And it was all about their story throughout the years and them going back and getting married to women and having children and their fears of kind of being like gay men in the South or in like that culture of like Jake Gyllenhaal was literally like a rodeo guy in Texas. Like, and Heath Ledger had this really kind of sad story of his dad growing up, like showing him and his brother, like a gay man had been like murdered for being gay. And so it was kind of their fear of, they lived their whole entire life in like kind of in this beard almost like if that's, Mm -hmm. excuse me, if that's offensive or something of this life of not being themselves, like truly themselves. So it was, it was pretty sad, but it was like a really, really good movie, like well made, like a hundred percent recommend to everyone to watch. I mean, 
Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger are like, yeah, you can't go wrong. Not They're amazing and amazing actors in like that type of like drama. Like, yeah. Like, dare I say, like, kind of like misery. Like, <laughs> like they're, was they really. He, was Jake Gyllenhaal a detective at all? Mm, <laughs> no. Because <laughs> even in Donnie Darko, like, he was a detective. He was trying to get to the bottom of this, like, bunny and time travel thing. So was he not a detective? This might be the first one. This might be, this might break our chain. Um, no, not really a detective type thing. Maybe he was detectiving himself and trying oh, to find his inner feelings. That's a take. He was really discovering like mm -hmm. himself and, hey, I don't take it. I mean, <laughs> that's a way you could interpret. I mean, you have not seen the movie yet. <laughs> True. But after you watch it, maybe we'll come back and see if you found any detective in there. <laughs> rating? Oh, rating like nine out of 10. Wow. I don't, even, I don't even know where the other point, I mean, it was just, it was fantastic. It was sad. There was funny parts and like points of joy and parts that just pulled to the heartstring. I love those type of movies, you know, like, mm -hmm. like I cried. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. No shit. I, I cried at the end. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't see that one, so I can't go to rating. Um, but one that we've both seen is Zodiac where, which goes over the killings of the zodiac killer the notorious northern california serial killer um jake gyllenhaal in the movie plays robert graysmith a cartoonist at the san francisco chronicle who in real life becomes obsessed with the case and um and the codes right and the ciphers and then yeah. goes on to write the best-selling book about the zodiac so the movie depicts the zodiac murders as well as the investigation as well as Jake Gyllenhaal, Robert Graysmith's um, obsession into the case and, and the absorption it, it took him under to investigate the details of the case. I know. I feel like Zodiac could be a whole entire episode. For, I mean, we've sure. even, we've driven past in San Francisco, that famous street. What is like Cherry? Washington and Cherry. Yeah. Like, but that was a fantastic movie. And that was definitely one of the ones where he got just pulled into the detective mindset and desperate to solve it yeah basically he was and it's based on total true events like the zodiac was um, sending letters to the san francisco chronicle where um robert graysmith was a cartoonist and he just basically got distracted from his day job of drawing cartoons and became obsessed with solving the zodiac case which is cool and a fun narrative to follow along with when someone gets really passionate and really deep into into a case and he was like basically finding evidence the police weren't finding and really arriving at conclusions and and consulting the police on on things that they weren't seeing which was very cool what even happened like at the end of that movie i can't remember it's basically it follows Robert Graysmith's book about the Zodiac, which was released in the 1980s, and it pins it on a guy named Arthur Lee Allen, who Robert Graysmith believed was the Zodiac, but still unclear um, who is the Zodiac, but I mean, only, that's a key suspect. Only a few months ago, they had that, I remember seeing that in the mail, and like, I was like, oh, we got to get a real live newspaper of that, like, 
they cracked the they cracked a code or one of the unsolved one. ciphers yeah but another one where jake Hall's cracking cases rating for me 9.5 out of 10 it's one of my favorite movies ever. yeah that one i mean also beyond jake Hall, there's just like so many good performances in that movie yeah what is mark ruffalo mark ruffalo is the detective such a good movie. Okay, next week on Controversy Over Carter, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. I'll be talking about 13 going on 30, and Matt will take Zodiac. <laughs> I think that... I mean, do you have any other Jake Gyllenhaal movies that we could dive into? Yeah, I saw um, End of Watch, which was a, a police movie that was really really good but really really sad i have not i've heard that sad i want to see it but i haven't seen it yeah it's um jake gyllenhaal and michael penna um playing la street cops who are really doing the dirty work of the la police busting drug gangs and um solving horrible crimes in in la Mm -hmm. um it apparently jake i read that jake gyllenhaal did ride-alongs for six months with the LA police to prepare for the movie method acting he was he truly method acted it and the way it's filmed is really cool it's like it's not filmed like a traditional movie it's filmed via Jake Gyllenhaal holding a camcorder and kind of going along with the LA police so untraditional film but really really cool really epic the way that they're busting drug gangs and stuff um, is, it, is it like you're watching just like an, a really cool episode of like cops? Yeah, it's like <laughs> a very, very good episode of cops. Um, but the the storyline and, and the the actual crimes aren't real, but like it, it's right. like that. It's the idea. Um, yeah, but then really sad at the end when Jake Gyllenhaal and his his brother who he rides along with in, in the cop car and solves all these crimes with they uh basically get shot and killed um oh, in, God. A, in a shootout at the end yeah we are going to have to put a spoiler warning in there <laughs> oh it was terrible it was like absolutely heartbreaking Aww. like not the way i wanted it to end but um but doesn't take away from how good the movie is obviously doesn't take away from how good the movie is Probably wouldn't watch it again, just because <laughs> I'm not sad. a big fan of sad movies. But yeah, um, it's good. I'd say six out of ten. That wasn't that wasn't hitting very high Your for me. Your favorite, but you would recommend it still. Yeah. Some of the other ones on the list. I mean, we saw um, Velvet Buzzsaw like a long time ago. I don't even that remember. One weird. That one was weird. It was basically Jake Gyllenhaal is in this role of this artist. Um, and kind of like kind of like not like preppy like what's the word like a little pretentious like artist and he eccentric yeah yeah interesting and he buys these pieces of art that i don't know if they were like abandoned or from like this old person or something and it turns out all the art pieces are like haunted basically like the art pieces like come to life and like like come to life and like kill the person who buys them. It, it was weird. It was kind of like paranormal a little bit. 
it was paranormal. I remember that the art was coming to life and killing people, but that's like the only. That's like literally that's the gist it. of the yeah. movie. It was really strange. One like one out of ten. Kind of. <laughs> I would no. It's ten, Jake. But no, I would give that one probably yeah, like maybe a four. <laughs> yeah, I'd say three out of ten. Realistically, I personally like horror movies, so that one I probably would like more. But it really wasn't amazing. I would give it like a four. I still watch it. Still another one. Good actors. Another one I've seen, Jarhead, which is about Jake Gyllenhaal basically being in the the first war um, in Saudi Arabia and and Kuwait and what what war and the Gulf War like nineteen nineties mm-hmm. um, when George H W Bush was president so. He's like a Marine who who goes through the training in the movie and they're called jarheads because like the helmet on their head or, or something is the jar. Yeah. Like something like that. Um, but it's kind of like about the dog days of like Marine training and then like the dog days of going to war. It's really weird. Um, I love those type of movies, but it's not good though. It's like, <laughs> like it's really like, sad and like like his buddy gets like killed in the training and like jeez and it like it's not good to watch but i guess it 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 really makes you appreciate like the sacrifice that um, marines and people in the army and service members go through to protect this country um because i mean they're really out there you know doing these insufferable things to protect our freedom and it kind of like I, I think that's the main takeaway from the the movie is just how hard it is even in the modern day to to serve um, i mean off topic but well on topic of what you're saying not that long ago i watched american sniper like really randomly and i would agree i i really enjoyed those type of movies because they're really sad but it actually is fascinating like well this movie is like a like American Sniper, like kind of glorifies war a lot, but this movie is like the same thing, but just no glorification. Like, but American focuses, Sniper didn't glorify war; it focused on like PTSD and stuff. Well, it focused on that, but it did kind of glorify like the aspects the of sniper, yeah, yeah like, like the killing. But like this movie is like take that down five notches. It, okay. It's really like the. It focuses it. The main focus is like the mundane, like day to day, like not life. the the big moments of a stakeout and no. a sniper and everything. It's, it's about like hanging out at the camp and like not having food and like you're away from your wife and mm-hmm. those things. So it's depressing. I I wouldn't really recommend, but <laughs> you just wanted to touch on it as we're on yeah. the Jake Gyllenhaal. Well. If anything today, I think a big takeaway would be that Matt Blair loves a detective, but he does not like sad movies. You like being like pulled into the drama and the thriller, but you turn it off when it's a tearjerker. Yes. (laughs) I'm looking at the list. I think that's all the... I haven't seen Southpaw, which is... That one's... You wouldn't like it. It's sad. (laughs) I haven't seen Everest. I think that's the one where he dies on Mount Everest or something. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, if you're listening, can we make some happier movies? I've seen Okja, but I don't remember 
Jake Gyllenhaal being in that movie. But, but, <laughs> but he was. <laughs> but Bong Joon-ho, amazing director. Mm. Really amazing. Parasite was like the last movie we saw in theaters before the COVID-19 shutdown. And I have no regrets. That was a fantastic movie to end off on. Yeah. Anything Bong Joon-ho makes, I will bow down. Because his movies are amazing. Okja and Snowpiercer. Right. And Parasite. And others I, I think I've seen. Um, okay. Stronger. I haven't seen that one. The Sisters Brothers. I haven't seen that one. Wildlife. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> I think there's a lot. So I can't speak to those. Source Code. I wanted to watch that one. I watched the trailer, but... But, okay. Love and Other Drugs. If it's a rom-com, I've probably seen it. <laughs> but before we go down the rabbit hole of all Jake Gyllenhaal movies ever made, maybe we'll wrap up for the day because we touched on a lot of them. And I think I would recommend every single one that I watch. How about you? Let's do our top three. Top three. Okay. Ooh. In order. Starting with number three. <laughs> Let's play that game where it's like, you say yours and I say mine at the same time. It's like one, two, three. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh gosh. Top three. Okay. I think I have my number one. Okay. But I'm asking for your number three. Oh, number three first. Okay. Uh, shoot. Of the ones I watched. Okay. I have my number three. Okay. What's your number three? Donnie Darko. Ooh. Good one. Oh, I almost regret that. But. <laughs> I'm going to say my number three is Prisoners. Ooh, okay. Number two. Oh, gosh. Now, now I'm rethinking my whole life. I think number two... Mm, I think number two might be Prisoners. Okay. Is that just because I said Prisoners? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was thinking maybe my number one is Prisoners, but I think I had to change up. Okay. I think my number two is going to be Donnie Darko. Ooh. Was that your number three? That was my number three. Okay. Wow, we're like so not like original. <laughs> Copy each other. Okay, my number one, drum roll. I think I know what it is. I'm going to go with Brokeback Mountain. Nice. I know. I, But I'm like... I'm a little crushed because Nightcrawler was so good. Oh, Zodiac. Oh, okay. Well, there's. this is just off my, the top of my head right now. But I'm going to go with Brokeback Mountain. I think that was a beautiful movie. Yes. Okay. All right. Drum roll for you. My number one is Zodiac. Okay. Well, duh. <laughs> but I think Prisoner's Slightly Edge is Nightcrawler for top three. Just because how entrenched you get when watching Prisoners. You really cannot take your eyes off the screen. I agree. I I thought Nightcrawler was really good, but maybe I would put it above Donnie Darko, but I thought Prisoners was maybe my number one. I really liked that movie. I would definitely recommend that to anyone. Yeah, agreed. Okay, well, that's it. We gave our top threes. We got through all of that. I'm glad we could sit down and re and hash out what we've done the last basically two weeks <laughs> next week mark ruffalo <laughs> just kidding get ready <laughs> yeah. we'll be back next wednesday to give you the lowdown on controversy or coffee on whatever topic it may be we're not sure yet 
stay tuned and thank you for listening today. Stay tuned and subscribe. Yeah.